Welcome to Book Bumble, the podcast for people who love to read. In each episode, we'll introduce a stack of books that are tied together with a common connection to help take a deeper dive into each story. We provide a space to talk books that is friendly and deep with a little hint of geek. I'm Laura Pleasance. And I'm Leslie Hopping. And we are two friends who love spending time with our families, visiting libraries, and reading great books. We are so happy you joined us. Let's get started. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Laura. Welcome, everyone. This is episode 12. Today, our stack of books is tied together with the common theme of the classic book, Little Women, by Louisa May Alcott. Little Women is the story of the March sisters, Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy, as they move from childhood to young womanhood. Louisa May Alcott based the story loosely on her own life with her real sisters, Anna, Beth, and May, and her parents. And this is one of my lifeless books, and I've read it many times over the years. My Aunt Tika gave me my first copy of this book when I was in about sixth grade, and I'm excited to talk about the books I read that go along with our theme today and hear about what you read as well, Leslie. And I have some new thinking that I want to share about the real Alcott's. That is amazing. And I did not tell you this before we started recording, but I actually read it for the first time in sixth grade. My language arts teacher gave it to me. I was not at all interested because I was a big tomboy and Mm. I thought it was too girly. It was about little women. Right. But once I started reading it, I was just engrossed in it and couldn't stop. And you've read it multiple times as well, haven't you? It is a fantastic classic. It's a great classic. Okay, well, let's start with a book that we were both highly anticipating, and that's Marmee, A Novel of Little Women by Sarah Miller. came out in October 2022. Sarah Miller also wrote The Astounding Caroline. Yes. This is the story of little women told from Marmee's point of view, Marmee being Margaret March. It's written in journal form, and it follows the story of little women and focuses on what would have been important to the matriarch of the family. So providing food, clothing, and housing for her daughters, the worry she had over her husband's welfare as he served as an army chaplain in the Civil War. She thought a lot about the futures of her four daughters and what those might look like. She worried about her own work with the less fortunate. She had a lot of anxiety over friendships and past mistakes that haunt her. And those past mistakes were so interesting. They don't show up at all in the classic, Mm -hmm. but they're really interesting to read about here. What did you think of the book, Leslie? Oh, I just finished it yesterday morning and had to kind of finish it in my bedroom in the morning because my house is pretty loud, boisterous. (laughs) And I just wanted some time to sit with the end of this book. And I'm so glad that I did it. There are just so many things to like, like Sarah Miller's book, Caroline, you really get to know the character down deep into her hopes and her dreams and both the good and the bad, which we all have. But I especially liked these two things. I loved hearing the connection that Margaret, Marmy, had with Laurie. It was almost as if they stood in for those that were lost to them. Laurie's mother, who had passed away, and Margaret's son. The language of flowers, even those he sent dried in letters when he was traveling, were a beautiful expression of his feelings. And it really did show 
the juxtaposition of he and Joe mm-hmm. and why they just never could find each other in the way that Barmy and other people kind of hoped that they might sometime find their as they find their place together. I also really enjoyed her own fight with herself when it came to keeping her own mm-hmm. girls happy while still having room to find what made her happy. This is the plight of all parents, right? Mm-hmm. You have all these plates going and you're trying to keep everyone in a good place and sometimes your plate starts to fall. Mm-hmm. But it was real and it was raw and it was at times hilarious and at times heart-wrenching. I really liked knowing Marmy as a fully developed character because in the classic, she's really a secondary character. Mm -hmm. And it was super interesting learning about her struggle with anger and her feelings of frustration with her husband's lack of concern with money. He just didn't seem to be Mm -hmm. worried about anything practical. Yes. She really wanted to push her own ideas of happiness onto her daughters, which yes. is might be another common plight of parents. <laughs> and I think this would be really neat to read in tandem with a reading of Little Women to compare what's going on with Joe, mm-hmm. Beth, Amy, and Meg, and yes. then read Marmy to find out what's happening yeah. from the adult point of view. And because it's in journal form, I think you could really match those up. I do, too. Maybe that'll be something special we can do someday. Yeah, that's a goal. Yeah. Well, what book do you want to bring in next, Leslie? Well, the book I would like to start with is called So Many Beginnings, A Little Women Remix. And that's by Bethany C. Morrow and was released in 2021, actually as the second of her remixes. The first being A Clash of Steel, a Treasure Island remix, And there's also a third based on Robin Hood. So I think that's kind of interesting Uh that she's doing this. Um, So here's the starting point for so many beginnings. Four young black sisters find their roles in a new world as they move forward after being born slaves. Imagine little women having taken place at the very end of the Civil War in the new freedmen's colony on Roanoke Island. This colony is a home and safe haven for the newly emancipated to take refuge and start anew. And going down the rabbit hole, as you and I often do, it's actually a, was actually a real place and was mm-hmm. considered a union experiment mm-hmm. toward the end of the Civil War. So in the book, the March family, minus dad, of course, settles in and starts to build a new life. Meg is a teacher. Joe is helping to build new homes in the new community while finding time to write. Beth is an amazing seamstress, and Amy is a dancer, always looking for more. They face love and loss together, always, as sisters do. This is a really quiet and familiar take on Little Women. It's predictable as far as the storyline, but there are some surprises along the way. The writing was sweet, and I really enjoyed cuddling up with this book. It felt familiar in a really good way and was just really cozy read, but with a very new tale, detailed setting. And it held some surprises for me. Altogether, I thought it was a great book. So this one's on my list as well. I haven't read it yet, but I'm excited to. It sounds like a fresh take. Yes. 
with some inspiration from the classic. Yes. And it might bring in a whole new audience. I think it sounds really good. I'm excited. And, and it is, um, I think, a mini-series. I think it's on PBS. Oh. So you might have actually seen it and not even realized it was a remix of Little, Little, Little Women. Oh, I want, okay. Yes. I'm going so to look for that right away. So I've got another book I'd like to share. This one might be my favorite of the books that I read preparing for this episode. It's called Little Woman in Blue, a novel of May Alcott, and it's by Janine Atkins. It was published in 2015. So this book is a little bit different. It's a fictional account of the life of the youngest Alcott sister, May, who inspired the character Amy. And the story follows May from the time of her sister Anna's wedding in 1860 Anna inspired Meg, to the time of May's death in 1879. And here's our starting point. In this story, May Alcott is a passionate, talented, and adventurous, dutiful daughter who's trading her own dreams of being a working and successful artist for these really heavy expectations of her family, mostly put on by her parents. Her father, Bronson Alcott, is a philosopher, a writer, a teacher, but he makes basically no money. And the family depends on the sisters, Louisa and May, to support them. May has to care for Louisa when she becomes seriously ill while serving as a nurse in the Civil War. May also has to help Anna with her family. And she teaches art and works in an asylum teaching art therapy to help support her family. And all this while, May longs to go to Europe to study, paint, and have her own work exhibited. And it was really interesting because she's deeply, deeply hurt when she reads Little Women and her sister Louisa's portrayal of her as a spoiled and pampered girl who gives up her dreams to marry and start a family. Mm. May feels like Louisa will never appreciate her for her authentic self. I thoroughly enjoyed this story. I learned so much about the real Alcotts, and frankly, I grew to really dislike their father for his choices, that, and they just resulted mm -hmm. in him seeming to never work. Instead, he depended on his daughters to support the family. And there's a scene I keep thinking about where May is a little girl and she's passing out some kind of pamphlets for her father on the street corner. And a man asks her if her father knows where she is. And she tells him, yes, that her father sent her out. And the man says, tell him to get a job instead of sending his children out begging. They, oh. <laughs> The Alcots were actually very, very poor. Okay. So Amy and Louisa had a realistic sister relationship in this book with some jealousy, a lot of misunderstandings, along with support and love. May never gave up her dreams of being an artist and having a family, which she was really discouraged mm -hmm. yeah. against. She worked incredibly hard to achieve both. The, the author imagined this story based on May's real letters and diaries and also some accounts written by neighbors. Oh, interesting. Which I thought was lent just such an authentic yes. air to the story. It was a really well-done character-driven book. 
um, May had such a strong voice and inner life and getting to know her was a real pleasure. And I've thought about her often since finishing this story. I felt like the author breathed so much life into her and I lived every minute of her situations with her. Mm. May went through a lot of hardship and toil to finally have what she dreamed about and she died young. So she didn't get to enjoy it very long. It's really a must read for any little women fan and make sure to read the author notes. They're super interesting. That's Little Woman in Blue by Janine Atkins. Wow, I really want to read that. I feel like in the classic and actually in a lot of the remixes, Amy is just pushed off as this mm-hmm. little young thing. Like mm-hmm. Beth is really appreciated for just her compassion and being sweetness, Ill, sweetness mm-hmm. and Meg for her, you know, taking care of everyone and Joe for taking care of a lot of the manual mm-hmm. work. Um, so that's really interesting to then start to pull out who Amy really was or May. Because she really had an independent and fierce spirit. Right. But in the book, she comes across as like a little brat. She does. And she really resented that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just super interesting in the book how the author shows the push and pull between the two sisters, Louisa and May, Mm -hmm. and how May resented Right. The fact that yeah. Louisa didn't see her for who she was. Yes. It's a great book. Oh, I'm putting that on my list. What book do you want to tell you next? Well, this one is my favorite out of the episode, um, other than Marmy, mm-hmm. of course. I want to share Great or Nothing by Joy McCallow, um, Caroline Tongue Richmond, and Tess Sharp, and Jessica Spotswood. Yes. All of those people wrote this book. Wow. <laughs> um, it came out, and you'll, I'll tell you how that was all strung together. Okay. It came out in March of 2022. Number one, I was very confused in the beginning by this title. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the titles with these remixes have something mm-hmm. about the names or Little Women, something that ties in, but this one really didn't to me until you really started reading it. So here's the starting point. Again, we see another group of sisters, but in 1942, just after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. In this rendition, Beth has already died. Okay. So that's where it begins. And it has set each of the female family members on separate paths, dealing with their grief in different ways, even Marmy. Wow. Okay. So again, this story takes... Mr. March out mm-hmm. of the equation, but focuses on the women after Beth has passed away, handling their grief um, very differently from one another. Joe is in Boston building planes. Amy is living a secret life in the Red Cross in London. And Meg is home in Concord, Massachusetts, taking care of the house and of their mother. And their mother is in an interesting role because she actually is not taking care of Meg, but focusing on those less fortunate than her, her, which is one of those common threads with the familiar Mm -hmm. tale. But she's not, after Beth passes away, she's not as in charge of the family as she was in the other story. Um, This book is really special 
And one of the ways it's special is the way it's written is so intentional. Each sister's voice is done by one of those separate authors. Oh, gosh. Wow. And Beth's voice from the grave is all in verse. Oh, I love that. It is beautiful. Beth's sections tie together each of the sisters' stories, giving us a peek into their very internal struggles. So you'll read a section written by one of those authors on Joe and what Joe is up to. And then Beth's verse, written by this other author, starts talking about Joe and what Beth knows is in Joe's heart. Mm. And then leads you into the next character that the chapter is about. Wow. So it's this beautiful, purposefully woven together tale with this common thread being Beth, even after she's gone which this makes this book just even more powerful of a read. And if I think about the classic, um, Beth is a tie with all of the sisters. She is not mm -hmm. an action-packed person, no. but she does have a hand in each of their lives and very meaningful to each of the sisters. Um, this really, the way it's written, allows us to get to know each of the sisters as individuals, so outside of the family, within the framework of the original story. I never wanted it to end. This was a really big winner for me, and I never would have found it if I hadn't been doing this episode with you. Well, that is so cool. So when you find a book that you don't want to end and you just want to keep living with the characters, yes. that's a great book. Well, they had so much more to grow into. They grew, you know, the story wasn't tied up with a bow, but it ended very nicely. Mm -hmm. But I still wanted to see where there's, those characters were going beyond that. Okay. And I just loved Beth's role in the book. If you read it, you're going to see exactly what I mean. That sounds amazing. I'm going to read that one. So I have another book I want to add to this stack. This is called The Lost Summer of Louisa May Alcott. It's written by Kelly O'Connor McNeese, and it was published in 2010. Here's the starting point. It's the summer of 1855, and Louisa is 22 years old. She desires nothing more than to be free of her family obligations and be able to become a writer. But because of the family's desperate financial situation, father hasn't had an income in <laughs> 16 years, they move into an uncle's empty house for the summer. This lost summer is the one that sets the stage for Louisa's writing career and also is the inspiration for the story of Joe and Laurie when Louisa meets and falls in love with Joseph Singer. This book is similar to Little Woman in Blue because the author tells a fictionalized story that's based on real journals and letters. It's so interesting to think of these real young women and their little women counterparts. The story was really entertaining and also heartbreaking because of the choices Louisa makes. You're really rooting for the love story between Joseph and Louisa, even though you know because of Louisa's real life that it's not to be. Again, I learned some things about Bronson Alcott, Louisa's father, that I did not like. 
such as the fact that he made his daughters keep journals and read them out loud. No. Okay, yikes. No. (laughs) This is another must-read for any fan of Little Women. Make sure to read the author notes at the end for more background on Louisa May Alcott. I just found the character of Louisa both delightful and infuriating. In this story, she was fiercely independent and loyal. You can totally immerse yourself in this book. I highly recommend it. That's The last, the Lost Summer of Louisa May Alcott by Kelly O'Connor McNeese. That sounds really good. I, I am such a nerd, a geek, as we say, mm-hmm. in some of these ways. Just seeing how some little real pieces like the infatuation with journals mm-hmm. of this household because in yes. Marmy they talk about every year um, father has a journal and Marmy has a journal and they keep them over the years mm-hmm. and refer back to them just very interesting and one of the books that we will have in the show notes is called March mm-hmm. and it's all about Bronson Bronson who I just I do not like, I know. and that isn't very fair because I don't know Bronson. I, didn't, <laughs> I did not know Bronson, but yeah. just some of the things that I've read, Yeah, you know, the making the children work, the just having absolutely no recognition that money was needed. Right. It was just hard for me to read. Well, and that was just very different than the time period. Like uh-huh. now, women work, men work, it doesn't uh-huh. matter. But then, I mean, usually the men were taking care uh-huh. of the women as far as finances. Right. And the women's so. options for work were extremely limited. Right. So, so how it shows how resourceful all of these little women and mother were. Yes, actually were. Well, what do you have in your hand right now? Well, I just wrapped up a book called Lamplighters by Emma Stonex. This is a 2022 book. It was recommended by Meredith from the wonderful Currently Reading podcast, and it sounded very interesting to me. It took me a while to get to it, but I did get to it, and I enjoyed it. So here's the starting point. This is based off an actual event that took place many years ago, New Year's Eve, 1972. Three lighthouse keepers off the Cornish coast go missing. And when I say missing, like without a trace. The door is locked from the inside, dinner is set on the table, and the men are nowhere to be found. The story is told by each of those men, but also by the three women they left behind. There are some really interesting tidbits that are missing throughout, and the author does a nice job bringing it all back together neatly at the end. I'm going to be honest, it took about 25% of the book to get into it. In fact, I almost abandoned it, but it started to get better at that point. I would describe this as a legitimate slow burn with the characters being front and center. But once I got into it, I couldn't stop until it ended. It gives some insight to how people used to live for lighting the lanterns in these lighthouses. The book was really different than I had imagined, but I really enjoyed it. And I I think that I never knew how serious that position was. I knew how important it was, but how the people, the men would go out to these lighthouses for months and months at a time. And I mean, they would be stuck with each other, whether they liked each other or not. They had to cook, they had to clean, they had to light the 
the lighthouse lanterns, but they, um, it's very different now because it's all electronic, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was a very dangerous job. If they got sick, they were still stuck there. Does it ever tell what happened to the men? It does. It, It wraps itself up, but part of it is, part of it is imagined because it's still, there's still a bit of mystery to it. Okay. Yeah. It was very good, but it was a different book than I thought it was going to be, but I really enjoyed it. It taught me a lot. Okay. It sounds good. So I've got another I'd like to share. Okay. This book is called The Good Left Undone by Adriana Trigiani, written in 2022. She is the author of such books as The Shoemaker's Wife, The Queen of the Big Time, and the wonderful Big Stone Gap series. I love her books. Her stories are all family sagas, and they include themes of love, loss, and strength found within families. And this is a big book. It's at 450 pages. So here's our starting point. Matelda is the beloved matriarch of the Cabrelli family and knows the importance of stories to bind a family together. At the end of her life, she decides to share the story of her own mother, Dominica, and Dominica's two great loves, a dashing Scottish sea captain, Matilda's father, whom Matilda never met, and a scorned childhood friend from her village. This story tells the the, um, story from different time periods. The present and the past interweave beautifully and take you from World War II France, Italy, Liverpool, and Scotland to the present as Matilda and her granddaughter, Anina, struggle with many of the same problems and questions that Dominica did. And I learned that during World War II, Italians, Britalians, <laughs> living in Great Britain were reviled and sent away, oh. much like Japanese Americans. It's a big-hearted story asking, what will my legacy be and how will I share the stories of our family with those I love. Oh, that sounds so good. And I know you really like this author, and I will admit I've never read any mm. of her books yet. You need to give her a try. She's awesome. I'm going to. So glad you joined us today. If you'd like some other titles that go along with this theme, check out our show notes from today's episode. Please share this episode with a friend and check us out on Instagram at The Book Bumble. We'd love it if you would subscribe to our podcast. Join us next time with a new bundle of wonderful reads. Until next time.